0: Thanks so much for taking time out of your day to join us here on The Clark Howard Show where it's about you and your wallet. I want you to learn ideas from me so that you can save more and spend less and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our web address. Clark.com slash ask is where you go to ask me a question. But that's not the only way you get answers here on The Clark Howard Show. We also provide advice off the air where you can speak with a member of our team nine hours every weekday. It's a free service of our show, has been for more than 24 and a half years. We've had this as a free service at Clark.com on the home screen. You scroll down on your phone or your laptop and you will see how to get that free off the air advice and the hours it's available. Coming up in a half hour, We're going to talk about what you need to know about ATM fraud and why it's become essential that every single month when your bank statement comes in or your statement from your credit union that you open it up and check the withdrawals from ATMs because the fraud against ATMs is shooting through the roof and it's your money that's being run away with. I'm going to tell you What you can do about it, the change is coming to ATMs to protect the bank, not you. Talk right now about a shift happening in the United States, and that is brand-name packaged goods companies that sell you stuff in the supermarkets. They are becoming also-rans. In the public's mind, retailers have become so powerful and their private store brands so strong that consumers now are perceiving those as superior to the brand name item made by the packaged good company that advertises on tv all day so when you think ketchup what did people think they thought Heinz when you think Mustard, was it French's? When you think of any food item in the supermarket that's been heavily promoted, you think of that brand, or you did. And today, people are just as likely, if you're a Costco shopper, you're more likely to look at Kirkland Signature as a superior brand, Costco's private label, to any brand name item in the warehouse. And Kroger, you're likely to think of their private label that remind me, Joel, what's the Kroger private label, big brand? Private selection. Private selection. You're you're likely to think of that as superior to the brand name package good from Kraft or whoever else. And if you go to Aldi, you long since gave up thinking that any brand name had value and that whatever Aldi is selling is going to be fantastic in quality, in price, in taste, and in nutrition potentially. This has become so much the way it is that now the bigs are fighting over their brands. Kroger has gone to war with Lidl. And Kroger, the second largest supermarket in the country, has gone to war with Lidl, who you may not have even heard of. It's only in the Carolinas in this point. I think that's right, in Virginia. Although Lidl will open thousands of stores in the United States. They're probably the most sophisticated supermarket operator in the world. 10,000 stores new in the United States, though. And so Lidl and Kroger both use... The name will, one is private selection and the other is preferred selection. And so Kroger's like, that's too close, Lidl, you're not going to get away with this, we're suing you. Who would have ever imagine that the day would come that stores would fight about their private label labels with each other, but that's how much things have changed and I have more proof. Have you heard of brandless.com? B-R-A-N-D-L-E-S-S dot Brandless sells everything they sell for three bucks. And they're all packaged goods. And we're going to buy, we worked this out as a staff, we're buying 24 items from them. And we're going to spread them out among the staff, the radio staff, TV staff, and our digital staff. People are going to try their brands, and then we're going to report back to you on BrandList.com. And they're big into the organic-y stuff, things that aren't really important to me, Um, things that don't have GMOs. I don't care about that. Anyway, that's why we're spreading it all among the staff because none of that that means a thing to me. I remember the other day I was in Trader Joe's and I couldn't find the non-organic bananas because the organics are 29 cents each and the non-organics are 19. I wasn't going to spend that extra dime. And so the helpful Trader Joe's person said, didn't point, There's funny about Trader Joe's, they walk you to the other item. And it was like 10 feet away, and I was blind. I couldn't see this huge display of bananas. I mean, if you're into organics, fine. My wife's into organics, fine. But me, I I don't get it. But anyway, we're going to buy all this organic-y, non-GMO-y stuff from Brandless and be able to report to you if it's going to be a way for you to save money on things you buy, but Who would have imagined that somebody would make a brand called Brandless, but that's how much it's changed, and if you're somebody who is still married to brand names in the supermarket, it's time for you to get divorced from those brand names and save money. Save your money, and by the way, if you... Look at it this way, if you separate from that brand name and I send you down that Primrose path, you buy the store brand and you're cursing me because the store brand, in your opinion, is lousy, you just end your, separa- your trial separation, be married again to that brand name. But on the other hand, if you go through the trial separation, you realize the store brand is great. Then it's time for the full divorce, and you buy store brand from then forward. Travis is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Travis.
1: Hey, Clark. Real pleasure to talk with you.
0: Well, I want to thank you so much for your service to our country. You're in, uh, you're in the Army?
1: Uh, yes, I'm in the uh, Army Reserve.
0: Well, thank you for that. And for people who are not aware, Reservists sign up to have their lives disrupted on very short notice. And what's happening in your case?
1: Yeah, that's true. So I just found out I am deploying for nine months. I'm leaving in November. Uh, so we've decided that it will be best for my wife to move home, you know, so she's close with family while I'm gone. Uh, the plan is when I return home from my deployment, I would like to go back uh, to school, finish my Ph.D. My issue is I'm not sure what to do with the home. We have a mortgage a nice house we think we could rent it out um, but the other option is selling it but there's also you know the hassle factor of me being gone so i just wanted to see what your uh, what your advice or guidance is on how to think about what to do with our home
0: so if i have this right nine months later you're going right back to the town where you own this house
1: no clark i i would be relocating to uh, to another state
0: oh if you're relocating the house that you have how far away are you going to be? Likely, where you would relocate to?
1: Well, fortunately, um, I know exactly. It's uh, it would be in Kentucky. So I live in Charlotte, um, but it's the University of Kentucky. So that's about an eight-hour drive.
0: Sell it. Okay. Yeah, that that's a case where you're leaving something behind that would just be there'd be too much hassle factor. Okay. And have you made any money on it, at least on paper, in the time you've owned the house?
1: Yes. I We owe about 200 I think it's worth $225. All right,
0: you are not going to clear much after selling costs, selling expenses, okay. but I think that it's best to move on to sell that house. Okay. If you told me, uh, and I misunderstood you, that you're going to go back there after your deployment, and again, thank you for your service, and... Um, if you told me you were going back there, I'd say, yeah, put it on hold, essentially, by renting it. But since you know you're not going back, then that needs to just be sold. Did I lose you, Travis?
1: Oh, no, I'm still here. Sorry. Yeah. You know, that, that sounds, yeah, I think the hassle factor, um, I think that, that would that would be a lot cleaner and don't have to stress about them not paying or, or whatever the case.
0: And what's your Ph.D. going to be in?
1: So you're probably not going to believe me it's, uh, it's in music actually it's music, uh, musicology so I wow. um, my whole background was I'm a classical pianist I have a bachelor's and master's in music um, and University of Kentucky gave me a complete full ride offer they're going to pay for school they're giving me a job um, once I get there so it's a great opportunity which is why I'm you know wanting to up and relocate to, to take
0: that opportunity Wow what a deal and what rank are you in the army?
1: I'm a first lieutenant, um, but I will likely get. They told me they would probably promote me while I'm down there uh, to captain once I get down. All
0: right. Well, first lieutenant, future captain. Best to you, and be safe on your deployment. Joe joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Joe.
2: Hi, Clark. How
0: Thank are you, you for doing?
2: My call. I'm doing great.
0: Joe, you have a question for me about credit freeze. Is that right?
2: Yes. I read on your website, on Clark.com, on about uh, freezing your credit. And I did it recently, and, and I checked uh, my annual credit report. And I noticed at the bottom of the Experian report, it states that if you're age 65 or over, that uh, your credit freeze is free. And I've never heard you say that, and I, I've listened to you for many years. So
0: well, because it varies point. by state. You know, credit freeze statutes are state-specific. And there are states that make credit freeze and thaws free if you've been a victim of identity theft. There are states that make credit freeze free when you hit a certain age, usually 65. But then there are others that don't cover either of those circumstances. So that's why we have the credit freeze guide at Clark.com, where you can then go look at the rules for your specific state. And so the fact that you get it free is great. Yeah.
2: Great. I, I have another quick question. Can I ask you? Sure. Uh, you know, so uh, my my wife and I do income. You know, we're probably middle to upper class, and we're expecting to pay our kids' education. And I know some families in where I live, they pay it outright. You know, they pay it, all of it. Um, and it's, you know, of course, $75,000 for a year or whatever it is. Do you have... Um,
0: you just made um, me shallow breathe with a high school, about to be high school senior. Did you say yes. 75000 a year? You
2: no, know, I mean, sorry, for their, you know, sorry, $25,000 a year.
0: Oh, tw- no, tw- okay. I thought you said 75000 Yeah, I did. I mean, <laughs> okay. what Get that air uh, back in.
2: For families that are thinking they have to pay it all out, do you, do you have a strategy for them to, like, take some federal loans and then hope that you can get some type of, as you go or something
0: else like that no i mean there's no reason to borrow money for college if you are in a position to pay the money anyway there's no reason to originate the loans there's no reason to pay the interest on the loans the best thing is if you are of means and you can afford to pay it just pay it okay now one thing i did want to mention you said uh you know you're upper middle class possibly, the biggest mistake people make who are uh, higher than average income is you assume that your child's not going to get any financial assistance from the school. And so you don't do the FAFSA, you don't go through the process, you know, it's some paperwork, but amazingly, if you don't ask, you don't get, but if you do ask, you very well might get. So it's worth it going through those steps and going through the mind-numbing paperwork. And who knows what your child may qualify for that would net out some of that cost. But if if you've lived your life and you're in a position to just write a check for whatever the net cost is going to be, write the check. Don't complicate by borrowing. It's time for Ask Clark. That's where you post a question at clark.com. Producer Joel asks it. What you got, Joel? Clark Terry wrote and says, I owe the IRS what I consider to be a small fortune. I've heard of programs that wipe away that debt or help me settle with the IRS. What do you think about those? So all the stuff you see on the internet pretty much is not true. But the IRS does have a program that requires some serious work called offer and compromise, where if you have a tax debt, the most common use for it is somebody who had their own business that, uh, that they closed and they owed a lot of withholding to the IRS, and obviously in many cases you'll never be able to pay it. The IRS will work out a deal potentially with you. It just has to be reasonable. Now what I've found is the best path with the IRS is either to hire a tax attorney, a CPA who does tax, or an enrolled agent. But any of these people who promise with hocus pocus that you pay them a few thousand dollars and they're heroes and they know all the inside story and they're going to get your debt wiped out, it's just not true. You got to do it the right way. All right, Colby wrote in. He says, as I recall, someone on your team bought an e-bike. I'd like to get an update on how it's going. I'm looking into buying one. The someone is right there speaking to you, that, Joel. That's right. That's me. So I'll give a quick update. I'm enjoying it thoroughly. I'm biking round trip to work, commuting on it most days, which is miles about round 14 trip. miles round trip. Yep. Um, I'm going to put some more info on Clark.com pretty soon about exactly how it's going for me. And then on top of that, some info on how to buy an e-bike. And some of them are really, really cheap online, $499. Thanks for joining us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our web address. ClarkDeals.com is where you find the great bargains that we dig up for you each and every day. I don't know if you're aware of this, but the ATM card, the debit card you may have that you use to go to an ATM has enormous security problems with it. It is a legacy technology from the 1970s, and it's just not up to the job of the modern era protecting your account from thieves. It's why criminals so heavily are targeting Visa, and MasterCard, debit cards, and ATM cards, which are generally, for most of us, the same thing. In fact, the fraud against ATMs is up by many measures is almost double this year versus a year ago. So criminals are actively targeting your bank or credit union account. And there are many suggestions that are being given right now about this because the banks just don't have their act together preventing this ATM fraud. And what happens is it's your own money that disappears from your bank account and then you've got to go fight with your bank to get your own money put back in your account. So the best suggestion I've heard of, and I think it's wonderful, is if you like using a debit card and you go to ATMs, use a debit card at stores, that kind of thing, maybe you don't trust yourself with credit cards, whatever, is you have a second account that is for your walking around money, but you have your main account that you pay your your big bills from your mortgage, your rent, your car payment if you have one, uh, your bills, you know, utility bills, whatever. That you pay your bills from that account, but you have a separate one that is your safe zone. So if a criminal does get into your account. At an ATM or running around town, that what's at risk is not the money you need to pay your big monthlies. And that's a wonderful suggestion. Now, what is coming, and it's coming apparently quicker than I realized, is because the vulnerability is so great from the existing, what I call, piece of trash, fake Visa and fake MasterCard. That the criminals have such a bullseye on it that ATMs are going to start working in large numbers, even some this year but heavily next year, where you use your smartphone to identify yourself and it will involve what's called tokenization. And that's where there's a one-time use code that will allow you to access and get money from the machine. And so that is going to be where we're headed with the ATMs. The bank efforts that I've been interested in involving handprints and iris scans and things like that, those have failed to be adopted in this country. Some other countries, those have worked, but it looks like that's not happening here. So the next best thing, and there was a story in the Wall Street Journal about Uh, what bank is doing this oh that uh citibank is doing one that will allow you through the phones as is bank of america is rolling out atms that will work through your phone but it will be at least the gate the the gateway technology to something more secure as your phone is a more secure way i know this is weird It's a more secure way to pay for things than the plastic card issued by your bank. So don't be frightened of it. Just know that you'll probably get a notice at some point about being able to use your phone, and they'll tout it as being good news for you and all that. It's really just to try to protect a vulnerable payment system, and your phone with the one-time-use code is a far more secure way. Now, it does bring forward the danger that if you lose your phone and it falls in the wrong hands, that a criminal now has the keys to your bank account. And that coming full circle ties it even more to what I said up front, that having a separate segregated account for your walking around money is a superior idea. And often you might want to do that with one of the online banks. No fees with them. They can be linked typically for free, two days to move money back and forth from your main account at a bank or credit union to one of the online fee-free banks. And that way you've got a safe zone in the event you do get hit by a criminal. Scott is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Scott. Hey, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Scott. You are at a point in your life that you want to do something completely different. Is that true?
3: Yeah. Yeah, I am uh, 48 years old, and last uh, or two weeks ago, I was told I no longer have a job.
0: Oh, I'm sorry uh, to hear that.
3: Well, it's not that's not awful, but I've been... Well, well,
0: let me say this to you, if I could provide any positive thing in that. If you compare getting told that recently versus people that were told that 10, 9, 8, 7 years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, today, um, there are so many employers looking for workers. Yeah. And so you have basically a, a canvas you can paint now. Mm-hmm. So have you done one kind of thing for a long time? Yeah,
3: and that's kind of what, what you alluded to, is I've been doing sales for 25 years, and I could get a sales job pretty easily but i'm kind of wanting to go in a different direction as i'm getting older to get something that's more skill based where i could you know maybe transfer that over the next 10 years in an industry as compared to just doing straight sales
0: what intrigues you what interests you cuz my belief if you're if you have sales ability then your skills are in that are so transferable but mm-hmm. what do you love what is it that like in your spare time, you just get so energized by excited about.
3: Um, wow, it, it, I really enjoy. I really enjoy numbers. I really enjoy. I actually used to do other people's taxes for free just because I like doing that. Um, that's one that's really I find a little odd, but I like financial, you know, compound interest things like that. I really, really enjoy doing.
0: And do you have a background as an accountant?
3: No, I do not. I'm pretty much straight sales for since 1995.
0: Wow! So numbers based. Um, I'm tr- I'm trying to think like what what things have occurred to you that you might want to do? Any specific jobs you say? Hey, I'd really love to do that.
3: Uh, in the numbers thing. Well, you know, I. Gosh, you know. From the finance side, I I know that takes more of advanced stuff, but even mortgages or things like that have always
0: interested me. Um All right. You got always, one right there. Yeah. That's why we're doing this right now. Yeah, because yeah. because mortgages are like if you really love numbers, you don't mind paperwork, you don't mind details, mm-hmm. being involved with a mortgage broker or banker might be a really good path for you. Because yeah. They need rainmakers. They need people who have the ability to sell their service, to get customers, and at the same time, service those customers. Okay. And so that, I mean, just as we're talking right now, because what I'm trying to think through is what can you do with the experience you already have and not have to go back to school?
3: Right, right. Um, and that's, you know, that's kind of the, the, the problem that's kind of the issue i am financially stable enough where i can start from scratch on the lower level and learn another industry for a few years um so I, you know that's my thought on the mortgage industry i've never kind of thought about it but i've never really dove into it
0: no but that sounds great because that is the biggest problem in the mortgage lending business is finding people who have the people ability And the numbers ability in combination. Because they can usually find one or the other, but finding both in one person is very hard.
3: Okay. And there's no further education involved, or I mean, is there any certification?
0: There may be some that they'd want you to have, but they're more interested in your sales skills. Okay. And it's a field that has a meaningful amount of turnover. So Mm -hmm. there's opportunity for you to try to get with a mortgage lender and the mortgage lending business in is there are some high volume lenders and then there are a huge number of local relationship kind of mortgage brokers and bankers okay and people use the terms interchangeably but generally a mortgage banker is supposed to mean a lender who actually has the funds to do okay. the loan and a mortgage broker is somebody who goes out and shops a loan for someone. Okay. And so I I think, gosh, I mean, I, I'm sure there are going to be other things somebody would say, Clark, why didn't you mention this, that, or the other to Scott? <laughs> but I think that's a good start for you. Yeah. So. Okay,
3: well, great. Well, thanks. Thanks for
0: the input. and please dial back and let me know what you end up eventually deciding to do and where you decide to earn a living because you have such a there's such a clear enthusiasm in your voice whatever it is you're going to do you're going to be great at it Catherine's with us on the clark howard show Catherine, we were just talking about uh, plastic cards getting compromised just a few minutes ago accounts being uh, taken over by hackers and you've had lightning strike Three times, twice, how often recently? Three. Three times recently. And has it been the same card each time, or has it been different cards?
4: It's been different. Well, I only have one card, but every time, the first time, they tried to hijack the account by changing it to an electronic statement and sending it to a different uh, email address. Ooh. And my credit card company caught that. So they closed that account and we opened a new one. And then after that, I got a phone call from them that someone had charged or was trying to charge $1,644 at um, some online store, high-end store. And I said, no, not me. So they didn't hit my credit card those two times. And then, of course, we closed that account again and opened a third one. Um, and this time, they actually got the account and hit it for almost five thousand dollars.
0: Now you're not liable so, for any of that. Was this an actual real credit card, or was this a debit no, card? No,
4: it was. N- it's a credit card. Great. But they so, didn't actually have the physical card. Yeah. So this y- was all keyed in transactions.
0: So you have zero liability. But the first thing I want to say to you, you should get another card.
4: That's what I'm thinking. From a different I, I want to issuer. Completely close this account. No, no, I didn't say close
0: the... that one. But I do want you to go ahead and get another card somewhere else. I want you to have two cards because you know this bank may at some point get tired of you, and it's not mm. your fault. They may say, "Gosh, Catherine's just too much trouble." We're, <laughs> we're going to close her out, and no fault of your own. I think you get a card from another issuer, credit union bank, whoever. Get a second card. And then maybe don't use this one for a while. Use the new one and see if things do settle down.
4: I was thinking about getting a prepaid and putting like $1,500 on it. I wouldn't do that.
0: I'd get a real credit card. You have good credit. You might as well have a credit card. You have more rights with a credit card. And so this is mainly, this has been a hassle, not a cost thing for you.
4: Yeah, and thank God. I mean, it, yeah. no, it hasn't cost me any money. But um, right,
0: so that's why I want you to get additional credit because uh, so this, no, this is a no. This is a Noah's Ark thing, completely different bank. This is a Noah's okay. Ark thing. I always want people to have two major credit cards: Visa, Mastercard, Discover, American Express. Just two cards, and that way, it's better on your credit report, and it protects you. Like in a case like yours provides you protection you wouldn't have otherwise okay okay
4: yeah like i said i was just considering doing a prepaid because this way they couldn't get
0: but they could potentially get it and prepaid cards don't have stored value cards don't have the legal protections equivalent to what you have with a credit card i know it's been like frustrating that somebody keeps doing this to you again and again but remember you have rights on your side with the credit card. You don't have it with the stored value or debit card. So not your fault that some crook's causing hassles. So stay on your side of this, protect yourself, and get another issue or another card. Edward's with us on the Clark Howard Show. And Edward, I understand you went through a uh, what they call a clean slate bankruptcy, a Chapter 7 bankruptcy, about a year or so ago. Is that right? Yes, sir. Well, how may I be of service to you?
5: Well, Clark, I've had um, no success at all in trying to generate credit since that time. I, um, you know, I've uh, several times have tried to fill out applications to get a credit card and to no avail. I mean, I I get uh, turned down every time my wife has tried. And so it's just gotten to the point that I I, I don't know what to do.
0: Okay, so... The reason that you're being turned down is if you've done a Chapter 7, right now you're kind of radioactive to the credit card issuers, and you're going to be for a while to them, but are you a member of a credit union
5: Yes, and I got that from you. My wife had changed to her credit union, and I remember you mentioning the fact that it's better to deal with a credit union than a bank at this
0: time. So the credit union may or may not offer what's known as a fresh start program. And if, fresh start. Fresh start. And if your credit union doesn't have a fresh start, there's probably another one near you that does. And the way that works is it's much better than a secured card program. At some point you'll start getting those mailers for secured card programs. But okay. what happens is the credit union bases issuing you a small limit visa or MasterCard based on the money you have on deposit with the credit union. And then you just have to do a good job making payments on it. And usually, depending on the credit union, after six months or twelve months, they just completely give you an unrestricted Visa or Mastercard.
5: Okay. Well, apparently, my wife's credit union at this point doesn't offer that program because we just went with went to them this week.
0: And did and you do a traditional application for a credit card with them?
5: Well, we just uh, we went asked to find you know uh, as a fact find.
0: Okay. Well, the specific question to ask is do they offer a Fresh Start program? And also go to their website and see if they do. And again, if they don't, there are a zillion credit unions in the country. Go see if there's another credit union that has a Fresh Start program. Join that credit union and use it. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. I want you to know that I appreciate so much that you've just tuned into our podcast, that you had faith in the information and advice you get you want more information from us? One of the best ways to get Clark smart is with our free newsletters, Clark Daily, Clark Deals, and Travel eScape. Sign up now. You'll be able to unsubscribe at any time if you think I'm wasting your time. Go to clark.com newsletters.